Next hour on most of these the same frequencies. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. Today we are going to talk about a rather serious topic: the future. This is cracking the code with Sadir Ispahani. In this episode, Tarini Dang, CEO of Million Champs. Talks about her plans to change the world. Our goal is to cultivate one million young entrepreneurs. We are opening chapters in different places. We are partnering with different firms and different pla- and different companies. Mentoring young girls inspired Dang to write a book, The Young Aspiring Entrepreneur. When I was teaching the children, I realized that they want like a step-by-step process, and that's what uh, led me to writing this book to make it easier for young people to become entrepreneurs because. Now this book has a way of sort of guiding them through the age biases, gender biases that you face, and a kind of way to become an entrepreneur. Dang is now working on a second book and also creating a venture capital firm. Did I mention Tarini is just 14? When I was in first grade, my dad told me the story of Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, and I was like, "That is so fun." You get to change something new. It's all pass fail as an entrepreneur. I'm like, I need to do that someday. Now your guide for cracking the code, Sudhir Ispahani. Hello, Tarni. It's great to welcome you to the show, Cracking the Code. Hello, Sudhir. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate uh, you joining us as a guest on this show, and I know our audience would be delighted to hear your insights. Tarni, you've had a you're very young. and you uh, have been extremely successful so walk us a little bit through your life journey so far you know where you grew up uh, childhood uh, parents uh, you know and then we'll talk a little bit uh, as we progress through the show on on the lessons you've learned and the insights you've garnered that you um, you very astutely uh, put into your book which we'll talk a little bit about to later. My name is Tharni Dang. I am a I am 14 years old. I grew up in Fremont, California. So since childhood I was always doing science projects. I always wanted to build small robot projects. You know, I was part of the robotics team outside of my school at a very young age and I kept on doing these projects. And then at age 12 I founded an I co I co-founded an Instagram account called Classy Women. Um it was me and my friend from Haryana Komal Dikshit. Um so we founded an Instagram account called Classy Women which helps empower girls. We post quotes every day and we also reply to their messages. It could be problems such as domestic violence, gender discrimination, career advice, any other any problems that those girls have. And we are around 10 countries such as Bangladesh, Indonesia, Pakistan, India. Um we have 185,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What um does Classy Women do? Tell us a little bit about so it. So we empower girls. Um we post quotes and we answer their messages. Mhm. Yeah. And you give them some advice. And that turns into their ability to be able to help themselves is mm-hmm. that right yeah with any problem that they have it could be a serious issue or a small issue mm-hmm. like could be career advice or gender discrimination could be any problem yeah so you're still in school yep going to mm-hmm. high school obviously that's a very busy time of 
anybody's life. So how do you balance your work day and, and your life? When I was little, um, my parents used to make this timetable with me, what time I'm going to study, what time I'm going to play, what time I'm going to sleep, etc. So I used to follow that timetable, and now I think I've gotten the habit to that. That has helped me with time management. I just... I actually um, make a timetable and I write it down each day what I'm going to do from this time to this time, when I'm going to take a break, when I'm going to study, when I'm going to reply to messages, etc. Yeah, mm. so that's a game of time management. Of course, I've had the privilege of knowing your parents for a while and uh, share a little bit of what insights you've picked up from uh, early in your life from being around your parents and, and your family in general and, of so, course, your friends. Yeah. I've been blessed um, to be living in a family where, you know, um, they, we don't discriminate against women. So I'm very blessed in that um, way. My both my parents, especially my mom, um, she's a, she was a working woman. She is a working woman. She's been very inspiring, and so has my dad. He's always um, he was a, he's a venture capitalist. Same with my grandparents. Both um, from my dad's side, they live with us. So I keep hearing their stories in their childhood. My daddy was a work working woman my nanny was a working woman so i love hearing um both of their ideas and stories about working of course uh, growing up uh, in the bay area you've had the privilege of uh, having access to seeing the world with a different lens mm -hmm. How did that shape your thinking? So um, in Bay Area, we are introduced to technology and innovation. Um, hence, I, I joined the robotics team at a young age and leadership just came to me. I started learning on how to be a good leader. And I think that's because of Bay Area, because we live in Bay Area. We are introduced to certain technologies, certain ways of living and thinking. Um, so I think that's how Bay Area has shaped me. Clearly, you have a, a great roadmap, and we'll come to that in a little bit. But um, you've you've written a book called The Young Aspiring Entrepreneur, and uh, that book was written when you were 13. And I'd like you to share some insights on that. But before you get into the book, give us a little feel for when you started thinking about leadership and what that really meant to you and how you see that evolving in your journey. I think I was in fourth or third grade when I joined my neighborhood sort of organization called Shoe Cyclist. We realized that a lot of people give the homeless food, clothes, no one gives shoes. We were walking, I was walking around San Jose Park someday and I saw that homeless people, um, if you look at their feet, a lot of them have like, it's they're not very properly taken care of, they don't have good shoes, they're wearing like dirty, ragged off uh, slippers so we decided to collect used shoes from people because at least for me I had a ton of we uh, as a family we had a ton of used shoes that no one that doesn't fit or we don't like them anymore so we as a team kept collecting um, shoes from different people across the neighborhood and I and like once every month or something we used to go to uh, the San Jose Park and distribute those shoes to the homeless that was my first leadership activity yeah Clearly, you, you've had a very um, focused thought process. Did you give some thought to what you were going to be when you grow up? When I was in first grade, my dad told me the story of Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs. And I was like, 
that is so fun. You get to change something new. It's all pass fail as an entrepreneur. I'm like, I need to do that someday. So when I was young, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I also wanted to be an oncologist. So it was a debate until I finally found my true passion for entrepreneurship. It's again, it's fascinating to hear you extrapolate your thinking that early on and Clearly, there must have been some set of circumstances or things that allowed you to progress in that thinking. What were some of those things early on in your childhood that got you more focused into saying, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to be a leader? So I grew up in the Bay Area. Um, entrepreneurship is a very plays a big role in the Bay Area. A lot of people own startups or entrepreneurs. I used to go to a lot of tech conferences when I was little. Like in fourth, third, fourth grade, I used to go to TyCon mm-hmm. every year. Me, my mom, dad, my grandparents, we all used to go. I used to see... Um, all those people and I used to hear about their startups and everything so I think that's when I realized that this is what I want to do yeah coming back to your book I've had the privilege of reading it and uh, it's got some phenomenal insights so give our audience a view of why you wrote the book and what your thinking behind it was and uh, some of the key insights that uh, that you share in that book so one of the um, companies I have uh, made is called Million Champs. Our goal is to cultivate one million young entrepreneurs. We are opening chapters in different places. We are partnering with different firms and different pl- and different companies. We're still working on that. I realized that when I was teaching the children, I realized that they want like a step by step process, and that's what uh, led me to writing this book to make it easier for young people to become entrepreneurs because. Now this book has a way of sort of guiding them through the age biases, gender biases that you face and a kind of way to become an entrepreneur. We're living in interesting times right now. Give us some thoughts on some of those issues associated with age biases and gender biases. Uh, When I was little, um, since I was a small girl, um, everyone used to think that, oh, what can she do? She can't do this. You're a little girl. You know, you should wait. And in terms of gender biases, I think those exist still today. And actually, in sixth grade, I had um, a few friends and classmates in my class who used to say, oh, you're a girl. You can't do this. There are not that many women CEOs. Don't you see? There's Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs. They're men, not women. Um, What makes you think that you can do this? And this used to keep going on and on. So those are the gender and age biases that I faced, yeah. So how did you overcome those and what gave you the impetus and the drive to say, well, I want to do something different? So one day I was fed up with it. I ran, I I went home and I was screaming and I think I was in sixth grade. Yeah. And I uh, went home and I started screaming and to my parents and everything. And then my dad told me, you should ignore them and walk away. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I should talk back. I should be mean to them. I should, I should, you know, like do what they did to me, make them feel bad. I realized he was right. You should just ignore them and walk away. I think life has its own way of showing them that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think we were all children. You can't blame them for thinking in that way. I think it's society itself. It's the way that shapes those people. It's sad, but it's true that's how they are that's how they think that way and 
now that I think of it, it's not really their fault. That's how they were. That's how society perceives women, which is unfortunate. Right. No, it's very, very true. Clearly, you've been subject uh, to some of that early on, <laughs> and you still probably are. Mm -hmm. So, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with um, being put down, being bullied? Clearly, you've got great insight into it, also reflected in your book very well. So, share with our audience a little bit. How I deal with that, like I said, I used to tell my dad and my grandfather, and they both used to say, just ignore them and walk away. You know, be bold, be strong, keep doing what you're doing, never turn back, never look back, and never um, listen to those people. The only advice I got, which works, is to just keep your head straight, walk straight, and just walk away. Just ignore it. Don't think of it. Don't think about it. Don't listen to those people. Don't talk to them. Just ignore them. They're wrong. I mean, that's the reason why they're not doing anything. Um, that's the reason why they're sitting at home playing video games and not changing the world. Mm -hmm. So who are they to judge? Yeah. So you, you took that very advice very seriously and it's paid off well for you. You share a few other insights in your book. Maybe you can you know, summarize them for our audience. And the book's called The Young Inspiring Entrepreneur. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Amazon, yeah. The book is called The Young Inspiring Entrepreneur. What insights do you think you can summarize for our audience from them that, that you've sort of put together in the book? I think looking up to the right role models, mm -hmm. um, looking up to the right examples, listening to, this, to the people who have proved other people wrong and, well, worked towards it and have proven themselves successful. So you've been exposed to a lot of technology, of course, with, with your dad and mom being in the world of technology. So uh, as we all know, there's many facets of technology that are disrupting uh, many areas of life positively and some of them negatively. As a young person, you are a very prolific user of technology. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you use technology and how you see that world evolving from your perspective. So um, with innovation, well, for technology, anyone can come up, can come up with something new anywhere, anytime, any second. Um, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of innovation. And it's because the fact that we are able to think of new technologies, come up with that, that's what's changing our lives. See, the fact that someone came up with the car, it was an innovation at first. That's the reason why we're able to drive to different places. And I think that's a must in society. As people, we need to keep on innovating, keep on coming up with something new. Are there areas of technology? Clearly, you mentioned robotics is, is an area of interest. Where do you see, uh, you know, those kind of technologies evolving? The world of robotics, it's evolving. Um, it's changing. It's taking away jobs. Yeah. But if you think about it, it's creating new jobs. Mm -hmm. If you know um, computer science, if you know how to program the robot, if you're good at engineering, it's creating jobs for you. That's the beauty of robotics. And do you do you are you looking at a particular area as you evolve your own thinking in terms of focus on robotics? Yeah, um I'm looking so in my robotics team I'm the lead programmer. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm in the future I'm going to continue computer science. Yeah. I uh, hear there's another book in the works. I mean would yeah. you uh, be able to share a little bit of your insights into that and and why you've chosen to write another book? 
Yes, so my second book is going to be based on gender gap. It's going to be published by a venture capital firm called Sogal. It's run by two amazing ladies, Elizabeth and Pocket. Are their names? They're really nice、um, people. They've also fought these gender biases that I faced, and I can relate to them when I talk to them.、Mm-hmm. And I'm going to write this book、um, because I want to show other girls that they can do what other girls are doing. They can also do、um, anything they want in the world. Yeah. People have different definitions of gender gap in society. There, so what's your definition of it, and how do you see that? Changing and evolving. So my definition of gender gap is anything that's limiting girls to do something that they want to do, something that they have the potential to do, something they can do. That's my definition. It is changing, but、um, there is a lot of improvement that、um, is needed to be done. You feel there's certain areas of improvement that we all need to contribute to as members of society. So I think that depends on which country you're talking about.、Mm-hmm. Some countries、um, don't allow women to go to school, whereas in America we're allowed to go to school. But in society, there's sort of a definition of women. There's sort of, there's a sort of role of women, and I think that definition、um, has been engraved in the minds of people,、um, and that's why whenever if you ask an average American over here what、um, is the role of Women in your household and as your wife, etc. They're usually just baking cookies or taking care of the kids, etc. Yeah. Clearly, you you've identified a big difference in in the way it's handled in each country.、Uh, what do you see happening in America when it comes to the whole issue of gender gap? And clearly, the venture firm you just mentioned, so Gail, is a good example where women are trying to make a difference in the world of. Venture investing.、Um, they are definitely making a big impact in venture、um, in the venture capital world. In America, I think, like I said, it's society. It's more of a society issue. Gender gap is more of a society issue in America.、Um, we, like I said, it's the definition of women that has been engraved.、Um, a lot of people think that、um, in America that women could be educated, they could do what they want, but they still have certain roles. So it is changing, but it hasn't reached to a sort of completely egalitarian society. For example, let's say、um, in American Hollywood movies. Every couple, they show women as subordinate. They're always shorter and skinnier, and yeah. Do you think that has changed over time in the last decade or so for the good? It has changed definitely.、Um, if you think about it, where there are, are a lot of、uh, leading examples of women, such as Malala, there have been changes. There have been more inspiring、um, women. It is changing over the decade, but it still has a lot of improvement, yeah, to、mm. be made. Clearly, leadership is something you're very focused on.、Uh, you've been, you know, very effectively running classy women. So, what would you、uh, define your leadership style to be? When you think of leadership, what what does style mean to you in leadership? How do you sort of present yourself as a leader? What do you think when you think of leadership and leaders? My sort of leadership style. I don't exactly have a style. I don't、yeah. understand. So, like, a good example would be: Do you do you like to pull in other people when you're making decisions and 
and and take their view into mind. I usually, um, yes, that's actually my sort of leadership style as I've learned um, throughout my years that it can't be just based on your opinion as a leader. It should be based as your team's opinion because um, make your team diverse. If you're a company, if you're a founding team, you should have a diverse founding team because mm-hmm. it'll give you different viewpoints. Right. Yeah, um, different viewpoints that you wouldn't think of. Uh, you should have a woman. You should have an African American, or you know, some sort of like diverse founding team. I think that's important. And as a leader, I um, definitely I listen to other people's opinions and try to find um, constructive criticism from their, um, I from whatever they have to say. Yeah. Coming back to uh, what the future holds for you, you clearly have some thoughts in mind and uh, education is going to be a critical component of that so as you look at your life ahead of uh, finishing off your computer science academia what do you see how do you see impacting the world around you later on when i grow up i'll um def- i'll i'm thinking of um making domestic violence centers or help centers in general in different places like india pakistan bangladesh to, i want them to be more accessible for women mm-hmm. i'm def- that's one of that's the things on my bucket list in fact yeah is that one of your main focuses or would you say it's an ancillary focus that is one of my that is one of my main focuses my other focus um, is to continue my venture capital fund keep on investing in women in tech in youth in the minorities hopefully um, when I grow up I'll be able to do that more tell us a little more about that it looks like you you founded a, a fund right Right. Yeah, I founded a venture capital fund. It's called Dang Capital. Mm-hmm. Our areas of investing are in the minorities, the youth, and women in tech. And we invest in AI, cybersecurity, that area. Yeah. You've learned some interesting things through making those investments. What would you say I you've know. learned? Yeah, I haven't made those investments yet. I'm still looking into it. I'm still, I haven't gotten too much time on it, but yeah. I am working on, on it. I'm looking to more companies, yeah. You're starting to do the diligence around yeah, companies and all of that. Yeah. So what words of wisdom and advice would you have for your peers and for the millennials out there who are aspiring to be young leaders? You'll have to uh, learn to be strong. You'll have to learn to ignore the bullying. You should um, learn to ignore um, the uh, biases around you. Um, You should learn to focus on it. Keep the eyes on the goal, eyes on the prize. Um, Work hard towards it and just don't give up. And uh, when you feel down and you're getting pushed down, what do you do? Um, I usually, I talk to my parents Mm -hmm. and they help me get onto the right track. I hug my teddy bear. So you look for ways where you can stay positive. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the values and morals are a very important part of our life. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what values and morals as a definition mean to you as a young person. So what are some of the values that your parents have sort of brought to the forefront for you, you know, that you try to practice in your daily life? Well, values for my parents would be that, well, work hard, never give up, do what you love, yeah. And how do you bring people together in some of these initiatives you're doing? Classy Women is a a good example. How do you sort of motivate and encourage them? 
I talk to them. I find out what their problem is. I find out what I could do to fix it. I show them quotes or I show them like stories of empowering women. And that's what I do to motivate them. The only like, in my opinion, the way to um, motivate women is to show women that have been motivated and become something. Like one of our favorite quotes on Classy Women is, Girls with dreams become women with vision. What has been some of the huge successes in uh, running Classy Women for you? How do you feel that you've attained success in that area? When I've helped a certain amount of girls and they've, they're happier now, they're having a better life, they're more motivated towards their goals. That's the best feeling ever, yeah. And you, you get those that feedback via social media or mm-hmm. by talking to them and social media messaging them yeah the dms and instagram how do you manage time what does that mean to you because you have so much going on like i said earlier i uh, make a timetable every day what time is this what time is this in summer it's a little bit laid off mm-hmm. not them um, because i don't have a lot of homework but I usually, um, in the school days especially, since it's really hard to manage everything, it's the best thing to do is make a timetable. Personally, I like to be busy. I don't like to sit idly that much. Um, like, yeah, I would like to be doing something. Even if it is watching a movie, there's something that I'm doing. Like, I like to keep myself occupied. Where do you feel, uh, you know, that uh, that you could grow more and learn more? What are some of the things that that you were thinking now to say, I want to improve in this area or that area? I think I should definitely read more articles. Mm -hmm. Um, I should make something, I should incorporate that in my timetable, read one or two articles a day or something, one in the morning, one um, right before you sleep or something. I think um, I don't have the time to read as much, but I I do read sometimes, but I don't read that much. Um, I think I should keep reading, yeah. That's a very good thing to do because you learn a lot by reading, yes. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience before we try to bring this to a sort of close? And um, What would you like to share? I would like to say to all those young people out there, you guys should work hard. You should um, never give up on your goals. Never let anyone tell you otherwise. Just focus on it, eyes on the prize, and you'll do great. Thank you so much. And then as we close this, I have to ask one more question. And You know, you're young and it'll be, hopefully you will live a very long time and, and make a huge impact in this world. But a lot of us would like to understand if you had to, you know, if there was one thing that you want to, people to remember you by, what would it be? I think if that girl can do it, I can do it too. Hmm. So having very much a motivational spirit to do do things i want to be an example to show that if um to show women that i can if i if she did it i could do it too i want them to know that they have the potential to do anything they want how do you define failure in your mind uh when you've given up given up is really not in your vocabulary no (laughs) yeah i try not to yeah so tarini it's been a absolute pleasure uh having you on this show and Thank you for joining us and appreciate your insights and and I wish you many, many uh, great uh, successes in all your future endeavors. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, it was lovely doing this.
Final thoughts from your guide for cracking the code, Sudhir Ispahani. Sudhir, Tarini Dang, the thing I love about this is we've constantly heard people talking about how when they were 13 years old or 15 years old, something happened to set them on a certain path. Well, leave it to you without a time machine to go and to talk to the 13-year-old. <laughs> Who actually wrote a book and is writing her second book. You know, so uh, it's it's fascinating. Uh, it was another great interview. Uh, of course, uh, I've had the privilege of knowing her parents for a while now. And, uh, of course, the whole family are givers and uh, people who really uh, are, are have a genuine spirit and heart and who, uh, you know, carry their uh, their value system uh, very transparently. And Tarni, really, it's taken that to the next level of say, saying, I just need to practice this right away. Now, here's a kid who's written a book, who uh, is very busy prepping for where she wants to go in life. She's obviously decided she's going to study and be in one of the top Ivy League schools in this country. She actually runs a support organization through Instagram that uh, provide, she provides counseling and mentoring support for women in distress in the Far East in Asia, and she does it in her spare time. I couldn't have been motivated more to use every moment of my life after talking to Tarani. Most of these interviews have been people who are perhaps 40 years or more older than this young lady. I can only imagine if somehow we did have a time machine, and I think I would need one in order to go 40 years from now and interview her just to see where she is and where the lessons that she shared with us carried her. Well, and you know, one of the themes she brings up in her in her interview, as as uh, we've seen in Shelley's too, she just took that experience of bullying as a uh, very young in her, uh, you know, uh, in her early years, and started applying it positively to life lessons and uh, outcomes of book and entrepreneurship and what she should do and how she should really conduct her life. She's already cracked the code. <laughs> yeah, you're right on. <laughs> 